Hey, it's Brendan dropping in here on something special. I think the most important thing you can do in your life is to train yourself for real personal growth and success. What does that mean anyway? Well, you have to train your mindset and train your discipline so you can follow real habits of success so that you can break through, so you can win the day more often, so you can crush through all those fears and actually unlock your real potential for abundance and happiness and power and joy. But how? Well, like all learning and all breakthroughs, you have to choose first to learn, to learn from the best, to invest in yourself, to do the work, to do the daily work. You have to train with the best, and that's why we created Growth Day's Mastery Program. Listen, we're going to train you to make self-improvement a real way of life, to unlock your positive attitude and attributes at a whole new level, to get you way more productive and influential, to show you the life and career strategies that make you unstoppable and really work. But how do we do that? Well, Every single week, we bring you a new $50,000 or $100,000 keynote speaker, multimillionaire, or world's foremost expert to switch your brain into high-performance mode, to teach you what really works in wellness, in health, in mindset, in productivity. People who really help you unblock and move ahead with really practical strategies for changing your life, your relationships, your health, your career, your mission, your purpose. Every month, we unlock a new course that would have cost you thousands of dollars to buy from other teachers on brain health or positive psychology or confidence. Every year, we give you free tickets to an unbelievable motivational and transformational seminar. Every day, I give you an advanced life coaching audio to keep your mind sharp energized, focused, motivated, confident, ready to serve and to lead and to win and build your greatest future at the levels you dream of. And I promise you, you are capable of. Every day can truly be a growth day for you, but it takes mastery in life. And that's why we have our new program, Mastery Level in Growth Day. You can go to yearofmastery.com and it will direct you to our best program in Growth Day. This is for those who really want the advanced level, who really want a breakthrough, who are tired of, hey, listen, podcasts are great, but training is another level. Go to yearofmastery.com. You deserve to join the world's number one membership for advanced personal growth and success right now. This is a membership of the real people doing the real work who have a positive mindset, a growth mindset, a willingness to be a role model, to be a leader, to serve, who desperately and deeply and joyfully love personal development, to challenge themselves, to push themselves, to achieve great things in life. Go to yearofmastery.com. Let's go. Yearofmastery.com. Hey, my friends, it's Brendan Burchard, and welcome to The Brendan Show. Hey, 
This is a podcast about helping you reach high performance in your life, in every area of your life. It's about staying more motivated, more confident, more disciplined, and on purpose. You know, the high performance experience is really about feeling more vibrant, more connected, more excellent, more fulfilled in your life. But it's also challenging you because you and I both know it's difficult to reach those levels of high performance without support, without ongoing commitment and dedication to your own personal development. So welcome to our HPX community. Thank you for joining us here on The Brandon Show. I'm super pumped for today's episode. Before we begin, I wanna let you know that we have specials right now on our HPX nutrition line. If you didn't know it, I rolled out three specific products to help you with your performance. These are three specific supplements that will really give you the edge. Now, don't worry, I'm not starting an MLM or a downline. I'm not asking you to promote any of my products. And frankly, just like you, there's a lot of different companies and a lot of different products that I love and I enjoy and I'm not trying to compete with. It was specifically, I could not find three world-class supplements that specifically helped me in these areas. So we've got HPX Optimize, which is a mental focus and energy product for your brain health. Then we've got Essentials, which is a functional multivitamin, which we've basically enhanced for longevity, for joint health, and for vitality and digestion. But what we did, instead of like making a multivitamin where they sprinkled a million different things in there that actually have no effect, and we put in dosages here that you'll be amazed by. And then finally, we've got HPX Organic Boost, which is the energy drink mix that I take because it's 100% organic. It's actually delicious too, I have to tell you that. So go check it out, hpxwellness.com. Everything you need to know is right there. And if you've ever wanted to know how to reach the high performance experience in terms of your biology and physiology, these products can really support you. Go to hpxwellness.com. And without further ado, on to today's episode. It's tough to be your best right now. There's a lot of people who are complaining. There's a lot of people who are upset. There's a lot of people who often out in the culture start like just just thriving on that negativity and chaos. And it makes it hard for really positive, really progressive, really like people who are excited to change the world and do their good works. It's difficult, and I know that. So you being a high performer and being here right now, dedicating your life and working really hard to being your best and making great contributions in the world, it can be hard. And I know that, and that's what this session is about this month. We're gonna take on what, what's it like when you have those dark days, those disappointments, those huge setbacks that happen inevitably to all of us. And how can you use your mind and set up a few habits to overcome those a little faster, to cope with them in a responsible manner, but also you know, to, to feel alive again after those really dark days? That's a big topic here we're gonna talk about. It's not always the most inspiring thing when we talk about the difficult days, but I do know that we all have to learn to be more resilient if we're gonna be high performers. We have to learn how to transform all that negative, chaotic energy into something that we have a sense of control about and that we can create some positive outcomes toward the things that we want in our life. And that's hard when maybe your business is struggling 
or your spouse isn't supportive, or somebody in your family is sick, or having really bad health, or got a bad medical report. I know all of that's hard. So I'm here to cheer you on this week, but also give you some capabilities and maybe new ways to look at a few things and try a few new things that will get you out of those dark days a little faster. first piece I want to really talk about is maybe something most people don't think about. And that is often the dark days we have, the crushing defeats, the difficulties of life, often they're not preventable. I mean, you can't prevent maybe all the medical reports when they're bad. You can't prevent maybe every difficulty at the business. But here's what I have found over and over. The people who keep getting knocked off their feet over and over, who can't get back to resilience or back to high performance, often fail to do something very simple that it turns out some of the world's greatest leaders do. And that's a very simple thing. That is to learn to anticipate drama. Learn to anticipate drama or turmoil or difficulty or challenge. Now, again, I know we've got people from all walks of life here. We have some people who are, or who are dealing with some major issues. So let me give some examples here from minor issues to bigger issues, okay? Sometimes, let's say, you, 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 know, you, you, you end up at the end of the day and you had that big meeting earlier in the day and it didn't go the way you thought it did. And you're really disappointed about how it turned out. And what happens often is disappointment is often a lack of having not anticipated enough things in advance. And so what ends up happening is you kind of roll in with all these high expectations, but you didn't anticipate the difficulties or the challenges that will come up, right? It turns out uh, a lot of work done by like Jim Collins and other organizational leaders have found out that leaders tend to anticipate drama in the sense that they're a little bit paranoid. They're, they're not paranoid in a negative way or an obsessive way, but they're so thoughtful about what might go wrong that they're less disappointed later on. So, for example, if you're going to go in that big, important meeting of the day and you're really excited about this meeting, you're finally going to be vulnerable and share your ideas and be excited about your new dream, your new idea, and you plan out everything you're going to say and you plan out how to do the close and, and you think through everything and you practice everything, but then in the middle of that meeting, someone goes, well, I think that's a stupid idea. And you didn't anticipate that drama. You didn't anticipate that someone's going to doubt you. Someone is going to object. Someone's going to interrupt you. If you don't anticipate those things, they really throw you off and they rattle you so much so that later on, you're a hot mess about it. Like later on, you're like, oh my God, I didn't think that person was going to say this and they didn't that. Everything in life, if you're going to be a high performer, you might take a step back and say, what's going to trip me up about this? Many of you know that I do that every single morning in the shower. So the second question I ask in the shower is always, what might trip me up today or throw me off and how would my highest self meet that? I ask that every single day. I look at my calendar. When I look at my calendar, I see big events come up. I go, okay, what might, be, what might go sideways there? What might not work out well? And by anticipating that, when it comes up, I'm calm. I already saw it in my mind. I already knew it might happen. I already anticipated what to do. But I mean this also at a more difficult level of life. 
all right, that sometimes there's going to be some major, major turmoil in life. And let's say you're heading into a breakup of a relationship. So many people go into the breakup of a relationship and they don't think it through. And so they don't anticipate that, of course, the other person's going to fight for what they want. Of course, the other person is going to become selfish at some point. Of course, the other person's going to become scared at some point. Of course, the other person is going to, um, you know, argue and blame. But when those things happen, people are so surprised. I can't believe you're blaming me. I go, you're breaking up with someone and you can't believe the person's blaming you? Have you not lived one rotation around the earth yet? <laughs> you know, it's like they forget human behavior. They didn't anticipate it. And I hope you get this. This also applies to health, right? I, I'm always surprised how people who are like 50 years old who often say, geez, you know, I, I'm really surprised my body's stiffening up. You haven't moved in seven years. You didn't anticipate that if you don't move in seven years, you're going to feel like crap. And that's what happens is that all of a sudden health goes down. People didn't anticipate. Of course, as you get older, you have to do more to take care of your health. Duh. So you can't wake up one day and go, I feel so sad. I'm sore and old and gross. How did you not know that was going to happen? How did you not know that they were going to interrupt you in the meeting? How did you not know that the first time you, uh, you know, made your pitch to that prospect, they were going to say no? You have to anticipate the no's. You have to anticipate the difficulties, the bad health days, the difficulties. Second big idea I want to share with you here is to learn to delay your response. Specifically, what I want you to do is delay your emotional response. Now, this is where, uh, you know, some people say, well, Brendan, that's a pretty stoic thing to say. And I'm like, well, yeah, maybe. I mean, stoicism has a lot to teach people. And I think it's important that when something goes on, not to freak out about it. So many people, here's what they do. Something negative happens and immediately they believe or think that it's the end of times. And so they anticipate total destruction in the moment something simple happens. Like they anticipate total failure, total horrible, and they get all worked up and they get super emotional about stuff when it's just like you don't even know it's going to happen yet. Or even if it did just happen, just delay your response. You, you get that terrible email and it fires you up. Someone writes you a bad email, right? A customer, coworker, and you get pissed and all the fire is coming up and you just feel like you're going to spit acid at the world. You're so angry. What do you do? Learn to delay the time between stimulus and response, right? Before you jump to anger, can you see the email and not get to anger? Delay that. Delay that emotional response a little bit more, right? It's so easy to just go with the emotions, but often the way to cope and be resilient more is to think about the thoughts that you are having and ask, are these thoughts that I'm having, are these emotions that I'm having actually supporting me in coping with this, moving through it, or serving as a role model? Are these thoughts and emotions I'm having actually helping me cope with it, move through it well, or be a role model. And so I think that all the time. 
You know, when, when, when there's thousands of people on, on, who we care about, who's part of this community that we deeply care about, and all of a sudden our, our live cast goes dead, we don't freak out. We just don't. We just say, okay, take a breath. Let's go through this checklist. Let's check this. Plug that thing in. Do this thing. Let's go. That's all you can do. But if you let yourself freak out, it end, if you like go to immediate freak out, then what ends up happening is you're also training your mind and your body to go to immediate freak out. The way that you deal with every little bit of surprise and every little bit of drama and every little bit of disappointment is only setting you up for how you're gonna deal with the next one. So if you're freaking out about all the little things, when that big thing happens, you're gonna be a disaster. So what I tell people all the time is, go through the day and start training yourself to delay response time. Like just start training yourself. Like if you, if you feel a, a negative emotion coming on or you wanna immediately fight back or you wanna immediately say something negative, just breathe it out a little bit. Take two or three deep breaths and kind of wait and see a little bit. You know, the great spiritual teachers, read any great spiritual text and you will see that every single great spiritual guru, every single great spiritual leader of, of any times and any faith, they had a calmness when the drama was around. They didn't jump to anger. Often they asked questions. Often they delayed their response. Someone would ask a big question and they'd say, ah, good question. They'd close their eyes and they'd meditate for 20 minutes and come back with something. Like we're in such a culture of like speed, 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 answer, 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 respond, 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 retaliate, retaliate, retaliate. I'm kind of like, take a breather. Don't let anybody fool you into thinking you need to reply immediately to anything. Like life is on your clock. It's on your timeline. And you need to start with that as a presupposition. So when a negative event happens, as an example, and everyone's like, Brendan, what do we do? do, 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 do? Often, it's, I just take a, a breather and I, I think about it for a minute. And then I'm decisive and we move. Next up, you've got to allow and to socialize sadness. Look, when I promised to talk about the dark days and the disappointment. You know, you have to allow sadness to happen. And you can't apologize for it. You, you, you can't try to hide it. Like, like sadness is one of those things that does happen. And it's not always easy to delay. If you're sad, allow it. Stop fighting it so much. Just be like, damn, I am sad that I lost that business deal. I am sad that I lost that family member. I am sad that this negative thing happened. I didn't want it. One of the ways that I move through sadness so quickly and terrible things happen in my business or my life, losing family and friends and clients, um, having business deals go in the tank, watching you know people I care for really be mistreated, was the ability to go, God, that really does bum me out. And, and allow it, not rejecting the sadness, allowing it and going, ah, I'm really sad about that. Let myself have my cry. Let myself have my pity day. You know, I'll, I'll let myself, I, I always say like, if you're sad, I'm, I'm fine to lose a day to sadness. 
I don't want to lose a week to sadness. I don't want to lose a month to sadness. That's unhealthy. But to lose a day, to, to call in sick and say, you know what, can't work today, can't shoot today, don't feel good today, there's nothing wrong with that. And if you can have that mindset that there's nothing wrong with you being sad, you'll be healthier. Isn't that an irony? If you finally realize there's nothing wrong with being sad, you'll actually be healthier. And then maybe you'll be able to move on to the next part. And that is to socialize your sadness, to share with someone, I'm really sad about this. And allow for the fact that they're gonna go, oh, well, all you have to do is A, B, and C, and they're gonna try to solve it. Doesn't matter what they do. The goal isn't for them to solve it. The goal is for you to share it. That's all. Stop worrying about what they're gonna say about it or judge about it, but share it anyway. And some people say, well, that, that, sounds, that sounds crazy. That's pretty vulnerable. You know, well, I lead a team. Are you telling me I, I should tell my team that I, I, I'm upset or I'm sad or I don't feel good about this or I'm disappointed? I'm like, yeah, tell them. Well, they, well what if they don't understand? They'll understand they've been sad too once. <laughs> That's like, why, why do you think you're so different than everybody else? That's what gets leaders in trouble is they don't communicate because they think they got to be bum and so different than everybody else. I'm like, no, you know what? Sometimes your life sucks too, high performer. And you sharing with other people who are maybe high performers or even underperformers isn't going to take away from you. Sharing emotion does not diminish you. Sharing emotion makes you stronger. Sharing emotion makes you a member of the community. Sharing emotion bonds you with people. Sharing emotion opens the gate to conversation and to change. And so whether it's sadness or even joy, like stop not sharing it. Hey, it's Brandon. I'm bopping in here real fast for you to urge you to go to hpxwellness.com and check out our products to help you get more of that mental focus and energy you need to stay at your best, to deliver with excellence, to feel like vibrant again. Because I know we all struggle with mental fatigue and mental focus. We all sometimes get tired and sometimes we're worried about our overall health. And so I created three specific products to help you with that. Go to hpxwellness.com, check out our nutrition line and let's get you to high performance, baby. hpxwellness.com. Next up, big topic area in this one is, I always tell people, a healthy response is health. People ask me often, well, how do I deal with this well? I go, be healthy. And what I mean by that is specifically, when you know you're disappointed, when you know you're sad, when you know you've got major setbacks, you have to delay the response to order 10 gallons of pad thai. Okay, you just have to, you, you, you cannot be like, you know what, I feel terrible, so bust out the three bottles of wine, here we go. You have to delay the response that is unhealthy. Does that make sense? It's super easy. I mean, it's crazy easy to, when you are having a down day or you're feeling disappointed, to go, oh my gosh, um, and go wreck yourself and get exhausted. So what happens? You're disappointed or you have a major setback. You know what you want to do? Sometimes your response, high performers, is overwork. You're sad, so what do you do? You overwork. Or there's a major setback. So you know, I'm, I'm going to work 24-7 for nine months. And you basically kind of kill yourself working. And so in that way, you say, but I'm getting ahead. 
No, actually all of productivity science and all of well-being science proves over and over and over again, you compromising your sleep and overworking yourself is actually making your decisions be poorer. It's making your reactions to other people be less sensitive, less helpful. You're worse at negotiating. You're worse at closing sales. You're worse at effectiveness in your own time of doing basic tasks. You're worse at everything, everything that has to do with leadership and progress and human relationships, you're worse at when you cope by overworking. But that's what we do. I'm disappointed, so I'm gonna work harder. I'm mad, so I'm gonna work harder. Uh, the business isn't doing well, so I'm gonna work harder. But if you overwork yourself, that is not a healthy response. is your daily G3 journal and review. Uh, if you've heard me teach a lot about downtimes before, uh, especially in the last couple years, a couple years ago, the, the G3 was the three Gs. And it's what it means is every single day, I want you to journal on these three things. And I do mean journal, meaning you write it down in the morning and you review it at night. So you, that's why it says journal and review. So you write in the morning, and review it all at night. And so here's what the G3 is. The first thing you know is your gratitude. And that is just, what are you grateful for? Why does that make you feel good? Why are you thankful for it? And just write it down in your journal. Just a whole, like you should have a gratitude journal already, but when you're disappointed or having setbacks, I want you to do the gratitude in the morning. A lot of gratitude journal stuff is at the night. I want you to move it right up in the morning. Like just, you gotta prime your morning for some goodness. So right off the bat, you gotta do that, okay? so. Gratitude. Second major thing I want you to focus on is your goals. And what are the specific daily and weekly goals you're working on? You gotta get really narrow focused, right? When you're disappointed or sad or set back, uh, you know, uh, the idea of creating a vision board and seeing out 10 years from now, that's too much. What you need to do is get really close in near term. This day's goals, this week's goals, because you can Check those suckers off and get a little progress in, you'll feel differently as we talk about. So goals is important. And the third G is goodness. And the goodness is noticing what is good from the previous day. So when you start the day, you're like, okay, what am I grateful for in general, for life? What are my goals specifically daily and weekly in each of these different areas of my life? You might have goals in your career, in your health, in your finances, in your relationships. And then the goodness is what actually good did happen yesterday? And that will just get you in a place where you're like, oh, this day is gonna be good too. It's making you more mindful to all the good things. And the reason I do that one last, and the difference between gratitude, gratitude is general things you're grateful for. The goodness thing, is to think about what good happened yesterday. And the reason we do that, because in neuroscience, we know that thinking about the goodness from yesterday is triggering your hippocampus to kind of turn on and fire up. And if we get more memory activation off the bat in the morning, we actually have more creativity in the day too. It's weird. Sparking memory is good for creativity. Creativity is very good for coping. And so that's why I'm trying to get you to reflect a little bit on something that happened yesterday, just to think through, find that mindful moment, and it's also teaching you to be more mindful of the moments each day, not just grateful in general, 
but actually being mindful for the good moments each day. So I want you to do that journal every morning, and then every night, I want you to look back at it and think about it and maybe repeat it if you want to. I just want you to review the day and review those things. What was I grateful for? Oh yeah, that's right. Because maybe at the end of the day, the truth is you haven't moved a lot forward. Maybe, you know, your, your spouse or yourself, you're still sick, or maybe there's still conflict, or maybe the business still, because I'm not gonna be Pollyannish and say everything changes in one day and everything's great just because you did your gratitude journal. You might get to the end of the day, it still sucks. So reviewing it is gonna put you back in that positive mindset that's gonna help you then take the next day as well. Last big idea in this particular section is these two magical words. When you have disappointment, dark days, progress and perspective are everything. Matter of fact, I remind myself of this all the time. And that is if I'm having a, a, some dark days and sad times, I'm like, I gotta get progress. So what I'll do is I'll identify my five major moves. If you read this book, High Performance Habits, you know about the five major moves. So I identify my five major moves and I'm like, I'll swiftly move towards one because momentum can shift mindset. And so if I'm in dark, disappointment, down, momentum, like achieve some goals, but here's what's important. Notice I said the five major moves. That's what I mean with progress because what a lot of people mistakenly do is they just start doing lots of tasks and activities that aren't correlated in any way to the meaningful pursuits of life. So here's what happened. I'm bummed, I'm downed, so I'm doing a bunch of work. Next day they still feel bummed and down because what was their work? It was a bunch of activities that actually didn't matter, that didn't give them any meaning. So if you're down, the most important work you need to be doing is the ones that you do feel connection, enthusiasm, meaning, fulfillment, satisfaction from. Those ones that do intrinsically bring you joy. Those are the ones that I want you to progress towards. Matter of fact, I really want you, when you're feeling down, disappointed, major setbacks, dark days, what I really desperately want you to do is stop multitasking and doing all the little like busy work things that don't matter. Like, like put off like if, if it's Wednesday and you know, you got a stack of bills and they're not due for another 30 days, don't pay the bills that day. Cause that's not fun. <laughs> and you're, you got plenty of time to do it later when you feel like, when you get over this piece, this funk, like just say, okay, write the date on those bills, pay them on, the, but don't do it today. Because that's busy work. Instead, today, find an activity that you find to be creative, compelling, engaging, fulfilling, and do that. Progress towards the things that have meaning. That's huge when you're down. But most people don't do that. Because what's comforting, just like eating comfort food, is doing low-hanging fruit activity. Now, I'll pay the bills and answer a bunch of emails. You know, but those small little tasks those don't give you enough bang for the buck to really move through it. And there's a big misconception about that in the culture, including the science, that often says, oh, no, no, just, you know, if people can complete small steps, small tasks, they'll feel better. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, we all have this 
reward system in our brain and a little dopamine will fall out. But do we, do we want a little drip drip of dopamine or do we want the floodgates to come open and feel alive? So I want you to do the activities that are more meaningful, not just like tasks. You know, it, it, it's really important. Let me give you an example, and I, oh, I hope this doesn't offend anybody. This is a, this is a very common thing I learned from um, uh, uh, a very, very famous female executive leadership coach. She was sharing with me that a lot of her clients, when they were down or disappointed, would, they'd be at home, and she said that what they would do is they'd decide to reorganize their closet. And I said, they what? She said, they reorganize their closet. And I said, did that, did that help them? She goes, of course not. I said, did that make them feel better? She's like, a little bit. And I said, well, did you then tell them to later on when they feel bad to organize the closet again? And she's just like laughing. We're having this conversation. And she goes, the, no, the, the, the truth is organizing the closet, it makes them feel good and gives them something to do. But it's actually a delay tactic from facing what is real and needed. And so it's just as bad as comfort food. And I was like, wow. And so she asked me, she said, so Brennan, what's your closet? And I was like, oh, that's good. She said, what's your closet, Brennan? How do, how do you, like, what do you do to delay taking on the things that are necessary when you are down or frustrated or hurt? And I had to really think about that. I was like, wow, what? What do I do that's not helping, but it's like a little busy work. It's kind of shuffling papers around. And I was like, oh, you know what I do? I, I go to my journals and my notes and I, I kind of review them or organize them. And she says, not helping. <laughs> and I said, dang it. Okay, good. I said, what should I do? She goes, find the needle movers and get a little progress towards that. That major activity or major project that actually matters. One little, like, just don't give time to all that other busy work because that's just comfort food. I was like, dang, that is a really huge insight. Progress towards those things that matter because that will also then help with this. But I think this is a very separate idea. I always say progress plus perspective. Perspective you get from time away from something or from other angles into something. And so the most important thing that I can encourage you to do, just like I asked you to socialize sadness, is to share how you're viewing the problems that you're having in your life or the challenges. And what I mean by that is literally share how you're thinking about it. So if you're struggling with something with your team, your business, then go to your team and say, hey, um, can I just walk you through how I'm thinking about this and seeing this? And perspective is not trying to solve anything, right? This doesn't say problem solving. It says perspective. It means you share specifically with other people how you are thinking about something and ask how they would think about it. Follow me? So it's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with this loss in the business right now and uh, it's really bumming me out. I don't know really how to think. Can I just share you how I'm thinking about it? And you need either a coach who can hear that, uh, a, a comrade, a, a collaborator, a colleague, someone who you know, like, and trust who you can just share how you're thinking through more often. Because most disappointments happen because we get myopic, meaning we narrow our focus solely to the problem. And in not describing how we're viewing it, we can't broaden it. And so 
no matter what we have found in almost all social psychology research, in almost everything that I know to be true, having coached high performers for so long, is that if we can get you sharing how you're thinking about things and feeling about things with others, and not trying to problem solve, but just asking how they would look at it, it actually makes you look at it a different way. Like, here's what's been going on. Here's how I'm looking at it. How would you look at it? And they might go, oh, well, I look at that. That's like, that's like really great for you. You go, what? And like, well, it gives you time now to, to kind of restart. You know, it's like the, when Steve Jobs came back to Apple, he had a, a very different perspective going back to Apple than he had when he was already running it before, but got fired. And that perspective allowed him to do better. He had to go to another organization and start another company and have a whole new set of team members to help him look at things differently that allowed him when he came back to the same problem, if you will, the same opportunity, if you will, Apple, he saw it in a completely different way because he'd been with a different group of people considering a different problem and, and he learned a new ways to think. And that's what we always have to do. Keep expanding your ways of thinking about things. Now, I know none of this sounds easy, but when you have a dark day, who, who wants to work out when you have a bad day? When you feel sad, who really wants to share anything? When you're pissed off, who really wants to gulp that down and be the better person? But these things are what you have to start training yourself to do if you want to cope better in the future. And sometimes in the immediate, it doesn't feel like, oh, I really want to talk this through. But I'm like, if I talk it through, I'll cope it through better. And next time, it won't be such a big deal. Here we go. And yes, do you have to force yourself to do these? Yeah. Well, good thing. When we talk about high performance, we always say the journey to greatness begins not at comfort and certainty, but when we're allowing ourselves to step into discomfort and try new things. And if you're going to reach another level of performance in your life, I'm here to suggest to you that when you're disappointed, do the things that bring discomfort, but make you better. All right. Hey, it's Brandon. I hope you enjoyed that episode and I hope it helped you reach another level of high performance in your life, whether it's just a shift in your mindset or a shift in your habits or a shift in your intention for the day. I really honor you for listening to The Brendan Show and I'm deeply thankful. Uh, so could you do me a, a favor? Could you just go onto iTunes or Apple Podcasts and rate and review this episode or any of our episodes? And also while you're there, to help me just download the last five episodes too onto your phone. Because, you know, Apple really cares about the downloads and the rating and reviews, and I've never really asked for that in six years of podcasting. And finally, my friends convinced me to ask you to do that for me. I've never asked anything with my podcast community ever, but I'd really, really appreciate if you could do that. Also, if you would like some more in-depth training, please don't forget that every single month I go live for two hours and teach new and original personal development research, new frameworks to my entire virtual community in our HPX coaching program. And you can just go to hpxcoaching.com. That's hpxcoaching.com to learn all about the different options there. But listen, I'm live two hours every single month with literally thousands of high achievers from around the world who tune in to get these new frameworks 
for reaching high performance in their life. Sometimes we talk about relationships. Sometimes we talk about breaking bad habits. Sometimes we talk about achieving another level of, of confidence or discipline or goal attainment. But we are there every single month and I'd love for you to join us. Just go to hpxcoaching.com to see all of your options and really join us. Dedicate yourself to personal mastery. Dedicate yourself to this journey, not just once in a while with an episode here or there or a book there, but literally a program that could change your life. It's called HPX Coaching, and you can go to hpxcoaching.com. Until next time, my friends, please remember every single day you can choose to be average or ordinary or just kind of go through the motions or you can be more intentional, more disciplined, more excellence-driven what you do because you know you need to serve those you love and those that you lead. You can choose to be extraordinary. So my friends, go out there today and be extraordinary. Hey, it's Brendan from the studio here. I wanna jump in one more time and tell you about one of our partners, and that is Kajabi. If you've ever seen any of my marketing online or you have gotten an email from me, or you've just admired kind of what we built by selling you know, 20 plus blockbuster online courses, or where I go live in my membership areas, or how I accept money online, now well over $100 million over the years. How do I do all that? I've always used Kajabi. It's spelled K-A-J-A-B-I. And Kajabi just helps online entrepreneurs take flight because we all have to do the same thing, right? We have to figure out, okay, how do I build a web page? How do I capture emails and send emails and funnels and uh, newsletters? How do I put content up that's for free, but also content up that's behind a paywall that I can charge money for? How do I build those membership sites? How do I organize my podcast or my blog? How do I accept money and create checkouts and order bumps and one-click upsells? How does all of that actually work? You know, if you're a life coach, how do you actually talk to a client and connect with them and schedule with them and serve them and give them a member's portal area? If you're teaching online courses, how do you actually put up the course and set up automations to sell the course? and to trigger things like an email to go out when they successfully complete one of your modules. Kajabi does all of that. You even get templates that I helped build and I personally wrote to help you write even better emails to your audience. That's at kajabi.com, K-A-J-A-B-I.com. If you wanted the system that most of us in the thought leader or the expert economy really use and we've relied on for years, go to kajabi.com. Hey, I wanted to hop in here and share with you my love for community.com. Every major celebrity uses this. U.S. presidents use this. The biggest companies in the world use this. They give you a 10-digit phone number, but it's kind of like having an inbox for your texting. You can segment it to people um, and they can reply back. And it's just really cool because you can also send video and you can send audio. 
And it's so beautiful of a design that it's really easy to figure out. You know, I don't like all those other systems that send out like some weird little code that you just know is like a promotion. The reason they called it community.com is because they really believe you have to have a text community in the modern area. Texting adds a whole other level. People open up their texts way more. It's way more, you know, effective as a promotional vehicle. And it's something that I deeply, deeply believe in. In fact, I invested in them and I've advised the senior team. I'm telling you what, my audience loves it. It's increased the engagement across everything I do. And you can get a free demo when you go to community.com. Just like it sounds, community.com. Check it out. Hey, it's Brendan. And I want to tell you about Circle and how powerful it is if you're trying to build your online community outside of Facebook groups. You know, I had this problem a couple of years ago where I just started noticing when I was running a Facebook group, um, really Facebook was incentivized to kind of steal my customer and steal my audience. So they'd recommend other things I didn't like, or honestly, my members were losing my posts in the feed. I didn't really have the information or the data about the people in the group that I wanted. It was hard to actually communicate with them offline, out of the group. And most importantly, it was hard to sell stuff and have an actual business from it without driving them to other places. And then came along Circle. And it's just at the website circle.so. So just go to circle.so. And you can see that they have built this incredible platform that allows you to host a community, go live in that community, and really segment the community into these different spaces where you can give people access to different levels of content or community, which I absolutely love. Because, you know, in my businesses, I've got new people coming in, I've got paying members coming in, I've got all these different products or courses or programs, and, and they've always had these different logins, they've been all over the place. Now, with Circle, it's in one place. My community can meet there. They can post, I can post, we can use like multimedia posts as well. They can post video or audio, so can I. I can organize things, all of my content in very unique places and grant access to only some people. And of course, I can have my team in there moderating the whole community with me. Everybody needs this. Everyone's trying to build their community, but they struggle. Like what system or what tools do you need to use or have? Trust me, building it out on your own not an option, too expensive, too time consuming. So go to circle.so and check it out. If you're trying to build a community and really maintain control of that community and do a great job serving them and building a business from it, go to circle.so.